Real Kipper and Born. What'd you guys think? Sheldon was pretty good. He was awesome. He's got lots to say. It's great. He doesn't. You don't get short. Get those short uh, answers with uh, with no information in them. It's great. Can't tell me his heart didn't s- skip a beat a little bit when Mitch Marner went down today. Oh God. Oh, I don't mean to laugh, but it is. Well, it, uh, we're all at the mercy in, in in certain ways. Yeah, it's just it's crazy how much your like career hinges on the health of certain other people. It's out of your control. It's crazy. All right, we also got uh, John Forslund, play-by-play man for Seattle Kraken. Um, Sammy, you let me know when he's ready. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, you excited a little bit about uh, seeing another team? Thirty-two, yes. nice number. Balances out uh, the uh, the conferences. Yep, uh, I- I'm pumped. Where, 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 where's your expectations here? I just, I cannot see. I think they can be competitive, and we'll get into this with John a little bit. But uh, come on, Lightning cannot strike twice for an expansion team like it did a few years ago with Vegas. It seems quite unlikely. There was a lot of people after Vegas had their success saying, oh, the NHL handed them this great team. You know, oh, the, the, the rules were so favorable. It's hard. It's hard to win in the NHL. And these rules, you know, were Seattle's as well. And I think they're going to have a much tougher go of it. Doesn't help that they're, they've got several players in, under uh, COVID protocol and go into Las Vegas to start the year. As many as uh, five, No. They've got. Uh, yeah, it's five. Uh, uh, let's bring in John Forslund right now, as uh, he anticipates the start of the Seattle Kraken season. Uh, John, first of all, thanks for joining us. And and how exciting is this? I mean, it's not the birth of a child, but it's professionally, it's got to feel a little bit like that. Oh God, I went through that three times, Kipper. That uh, this is not anything close. That anxiety level, but <laughs> with this uh, with this COVID situation, it, it, it's getting there, right? It's just a kick in the teeth for for Ron Francis for the organization. Well, there's four there's four that won't play tonight. There was five yesterday. Wow. There's four tonight. Um, Jared McCann, Jonas Donskoy, Jamie Alexiak, and uh, Kelly Arncroke. So those four guys. Uh, the last thing, the last thing I knew, are not playing tonight. Uh, it's made putting lines together, you know, crazy over the last couple of days for Dave Haxtell and the staff. But it is what it is. You just deal with it. It's not going away, and it's in our game. It's in the world, and you just uh, we've lived this for the last two seasons, and it will continue. And uh, the Kraken will put a lineup on the ice tonight and uh, and see what happens, right? But it's it's history. It's great to be part of it, and uh, I can just tell you that the anticipation, the energy in that city is off the charts, and the arena is going to be absolutely incredible. John, just moments ago we were talking about uh, the comparison. It, it, you can't help but compare them or uh, the Kraken to, to Vegas a, a few short years ago. Is that even fair to, to Seattle to compare? It's not fair, but it's reality, right? So it's a great question, and I think they're ready for it, they being, you know, Ron and, and Dave Haxtall, and, and I think they've dealt with that. I think the players understand that. I think what is important to take into account here is, is it realistic to think they could make the playoffs? And I think it is. You know, it, it, will it be difficult? Sure. Difficult for any team. But based on the division, 
based on the healthy bodies they have on paper, goaltending, solid defense. Scoring will be, you know, uh, an issue. I mean, you, you look at it, you're not going to get prime scoring in an expansion process. But, you know, once they put that in place and they're in the neighborhood most games, you get to the second half, you get your fan identity in place, you get to March and April, if you're sniffing a spot, who knows? And I think the Vegas thing, you know, it's interesting. If you if you look at the names, the opening night, opening night, you would probably say Seattle, man for man, is probably a little bit better, okay? Um, but Vegas, you know, they went to that first game in Dallas. They probably should have been blown out of the building, but the flowers stood on his head. They won the first game. I think they were. I think they allowed 50 shots. And then they went like 8-2 and two in the first 10. They had like these two long uh, winning streaks of nine games in that neighborhood, you know, over the course of the season. It just continued to become a perfect storm for them, and it hasn't stopped. So I think it's fair because it's out there. And I think the fans will be um, reminding the team of that along the way. So a little built-in pressure, I don't think it hurts. Um, but I do think it's realistic to say that Kraken should compete for a playoff spot, and I think that's the only thing you hope for as an expansion team. Yeah, absolutely, and I I do think it's reasonable, particularly in that division. Um, you know, looking at this Seattle team and looking at other teams around the league, Vegas is a good example as an expansion team, but they have an identity. They have some things that make them mm-hmm. different. What do you expect to be – what's unique to Seattle about the way this operation is going to be run, the team, anything from your own experience there? What's unique to the, to the Seattle Kraken? Well, the Kraken will, will leave a mark – Justin in a variety of different ways. Um, they already have. If you, if you look at what they're attempting to do, messaging, uh, branding, uh, marketing, you know, all these things that are important in professional sports today, I, I think you'll, you'll agree it's been A+. Plus. Um, their facilities are second to none. Uh, getting players to look at the arena, look at the practice facility, um, it's not going to be a problem, you know, luring guys there as long as you're a competitive team. You got to bring a rain jacket, right? You got to get used to that. But, you know, uh, you're going to have a rabid fan base. I think if you look at what this, particularly the Seahawks have done over time with the 12s and that 12th player concept, um, there's going to be an identity to a Kraken fan. Um, and there's a lot of mystique attached to the name. The, a lot of people are all jacked up about the colors. Um, all of that's important. I mean, the merchandise sales have been off the charts. I'll throw a number at you guys. You're not going to believe this. The first preseason game in Spokane, um, at that game, they sold $900,000 worth of merchandise. Okay? $900,000. And, and, you know, you look at the, the jersey launch was a record setter. shattered all the Vegas records. The newness helps. But I think most importantly, that's going to reach. And because of it, it's going to be – the curiosity at first, and if they're good, people are going to adopt the second team, and then before long they become like a darling and all those things. I think that's going to happen. And then it's what you stand for, right? And if Mark Giordano is your captain and he's leading your group, uh, is there a better guy to do that? I mean, that's that's a perfect guy. You know, sure, back nine of his career and all that, obviously. But what a career, what a player, and what an example center for the room. And I, I think that's important, and it's their job. It's Haxdall's job to establish culture in a hurry. And uh, with players like that, and he's not alone, they've got some great individuals here. Um, and then you got Ronnie Francis at the helm of the whole thing. You know, that, 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 that character approach is going to be very important. 
It was clear with Vegas that Marc-Andre Fleury was the face. That guy came out not only as a superstar, uh, but also was the guy uh, shaking hands and kissing babies at the time and uh, yeah. and doing everything he could to, to, to grab the headlines and, and the attention in a positive way for the uh, Golden Knights. That's not Grubauer, is it? Like, no. Aside no. of, of, of being a goaltender, though, that's not that personality of Grubauer. So, so who is that guy? Uh, who is who is that guy? There's a there's a guy Morgan Geeky, and I'm sitting there going, I know on on the Real Kipper and Born show, I know who the Geeky is on our show. Um, hey, hey, yeah. hey! <laughs> <laughs> How about the Geeky on on Seattle here? It's, uh, who's who's selling it in that market? I think in a way. They all have already, but I'll, I'll tell you, there's, 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 if we got to get to one guy and, and Jordan will be a different case because of just the, you know, quintessential leader type. Okay. But Brandon Tanev is going to translate. Okay. His style of play, the look, um, back to back years with that press photo, right. Where he's just hit with a stun gun. I mean, some it's unbelievable. So, I mean, when they see him, and and they put together in training camp a pretty good fourth line with 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 Tan when they're fully healthy with Tanev, Riley Shan, and Nathan Bastion, ex of New Jersey. Um, they played with a lot of belligerence in camp, and that's important. And we know what really good fourth lines in the NHL should look like, and how important they are to team success. So I think the third team's jersey's already been sold a ton. Um, it, 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 I, I just think, you know, if he, if he can get out there and be chaotic on every shift, he's gonna, and he's a great, great individual and well-spoken. He's going to get out there in front of the public. I think he's going to be a very popular player. It, uh, it'll remind me a lot of Nick Kiprios in some way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I was looking at the, the predetermined rivalry with the Vancouver Canucks. What are your thoughts on how yeah. the Kraken are going to stack up there and, and what that rivalry is going to look like for the NHL? Well, they're ready for it. The two cities are, are ready for it. Vancouver, um, I think, will welcome it. It's just a natural. And I think it'll 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 hit the, the first game after the Christmas break. They play on the 27th, I think it is, right? So um, it's beautiful because the Kraken can go the morning of the game, 27-minute flight, get in there. And, and basically, depending on where the teams are at, you never know what to expect. And I'm pointing at this game because you know what it's like, right? You, you, you never know what to expect that first game in and around Christmas. It could be a dud or it could be just a great game because the guys come in, they're not as organized and mistakes lead to exciting hockey and anything can happen. But I think it might be, you know, getting to the halfway mark of the season might be a pretty important game in the division. And you might see something happen that be totally different than what we should be behaving like around Christmas. And if that happens, that'll be great because it'll be good for hockey. It'll be good for their region, for the Pacific Northwest. Um, there's a lot of Canuck fans uh, in the Seattle area. You know, that's the thing about the city. There's, there's newness. Uh, guys, but there's also some a lot of tradition. There's obviously major junior hockey tradition there, but there's there's pro hockey tradition that goes back. And a lot of these fans that have been coming to the practices, you know, are talking about the old Seattle totems and yesteryear stuff and all this, uh, this, this these uh, different things, which are which are very um, intriguing to hear, and also lead you down a path of. Uh, uh, traditional rivals, which should be just built in, you know, with Vancouver, and they and they predate before the Canucks 
came in the National Hockey League, they played the totems in the, in the same league, in the old Pacific Coast League, the old Western Hockey Pro League. So um, it's a natural. It's going to be great, and uh, can't wait to see those games. You got a royalty clause in your contract because uh, outside of Sh- uh, Shaq wearing a Seattle Kraken jersey, no one's done more for merchandising than you. You should know that I have every clause imaginable in my contract. <laughs> All right, John Forsland, play-by-play man for Seattle tonight. History in the making. Also, your work on NHL on NBC. God, you're a busy guy, Johnny. Thanks for doing this, pal. Thanks, boys. Anytime. Good luck with everything. Great to hear your voices. Thanks, All John. right, it's Seattle. And Vegas, Golden Knights, kickstarting history tonight. I, I look at uh, I look at Seattle right now, and JB, mm-hmm. they are they are not going to catch any team by surprise, because Vegas ruined that chance. They totally did. It's they such did, a bummer. Like... It, it did. It did happen for Vegas. Yeah. Right. It did. Everybody thought that they were going to stink. And they didn't with that 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 win against Dallas to start it. And John mentioned it. They were outshot, I think, 50 to 30 that game. I remember it well. And they found a way to win, and they really didn't look back. You know, I really believe in the snowball effect. Like, I believe, particularly with a new group that doesn't have any, you know, pre-established culture or patterns at all like if you start badly and think guys get to start on on one another and blame one another it could have been terrible but flurry giving them them those stops in that first game and you get a win and you get feeling good like william carlson scoring 40 goals 41 goals i think that year has to be up there with the most unlikely 40 goal seasons in nhl history like, like jonathan chichu getting 50 plus is maybe the other one that comes to mind but everything went right for vegas that first year it's tough to predict that the same happening for seattle Sammy, what do you expect out of Seattle this year? Playoffs or no playoffs? I I think it comes back to what you guys were talking about with uh, the not catching anybody by catching everybody by surprise. But is the rink not ready? Did they have to start on a five game road trip? The the Kraken like I, I, they I probably did that in case it wasn't Sammy. That was probably yeah, why. I guess. Like, but like sure you know they're ready. they're going to Vegas, Nashville, Columbus, Philly, New Jersey, back to back there. Their home opener obviously against the Canucks on the twenty third of October. But I I think that could go either one of two ways too. You know you get out on the road with the fellas and you you get to have a little bonding experience. You know you're you're in hotels, you're getting to go out to dinners again. I think that could be positive. Or you're losing badly in the first couple games and it's like oh god now I got to spend all these time on the road. I'm not in my own bed. I I don't know. I'm just surprised that they have the five-game road trip to start the start the season have you seen the islanders the islanders have a new barn this 15, season 15 15 on the road <laughs> yeah. like, they don't play at home till the middle I mean, of november no they joke don't, they don't they don't play at home until the clocks spring forward i think <laughs> <laughs> it is nuts like no, how is. They, hey and there's still going to be that one guy on the team that just takes his toothbrush that's it just put that's his road trip packing, just his toothbrush. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it is one of the most bizarre starts to an NHL season I've ever seen. So I, your point, though, Sam, is good. It's, I do think that that is potentially a bonding thing, right? The team doesn't know each other. Everyone says that guys bond best on the road when you're in the hotel rooms and out at restaurants together. Maybe you get a couple wins, get to know each other, and that's the start of good vibes for the Kraken. All right, let's yeah. – uh... 
we're going to kind of wrap it up here, but I want to get your thoughts on uh, Sheldon Keefe uh, earlier uh, joined us on the show. And it really sounds in terms of the Mitch Marner situation that, um, and we've had this conversation guys uh, a little earlier that it just seems when it comes to medical decisions, it's ultimately up to the player when he wants to play or if he feels comfortable. And that's, that's where we our sense is with Matthews before we touch on Marner here that he wasn't feeling 100% and it's like, well, then wait. If you're not comfortable, and that was the word used a lot with Matthews is not comfortable. And and then we saw an all or nothing with Anderson and Anderson wasn't comfortable to go practice uh, during certain segments of, of that documentary. And so are, are we... Are we comfortable thinking that Marner will show up tomorrow morning and say, I'm good to go? Did, did they not leave a little bit of a window open where he, if he's not feeling right, he doesn't play? You know, I don't think Sheldon Keefe ever wants to come out here and say something uh, and end up wrong about his own team. I thought the fact that he said that they were – uh, was it very careful or very precautionary? What did he say? He said something to that effect. Very careful with Mitch Marner implies to me that he'll be just fine and they'll see him in the lineup tomorrow. And, and maybe he's feeling a little scorned because earlier in the preseason he said that Matthews would be ready for opening night and now Matthews isn't going to be ready for the opening week. So maybe he's being a little... But I, I know that Kipper, I don't know about you, but like it didn't seem... Like there was enough of a commitment level that for sure he's going to be playing tomorrow. <laughs> I was reading, oh, we love to read. We love to read between the lines on this oh, show, no, no, no. and yes. I don't know. He sounded a little I, unsure to me. You're making got, up your own lines, you two. I got, I got a small <laughs> window, just a little creak in 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 the window. It, it's not completely yeah. sealed here. There, if he does not feel well and. Whatever the case is, he's like, uh, we'll reevaluate in the morning. So it's not like he needed to go and get x-rays or he needed to, right? That 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 would have already been done by now. Right. So clearly he was just sent home and let, just let us know in the morning. He holds the cards. We know, we know he calls the shots around there. But like, in all seriousness, like I, I know – not about Marner, but about Matthews. I know what it's like to be waiting for an injury to heal and your team waiting for you to come back and you wanting to come back and like just trying to do the right thing. Kipper, I'm sure you did that many times where you ended up playing before you probably should have. And the team does yeah. not want Matthews to do that. Yeah, thank you for comparing me to Matthews, by the way. Well, you're basically <laughs> the same player, yes. as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> 99.9 guys that's the that that's the difference between uh matthews and marners of the world and uh connor mcdavid they they get to take all the time that they need and uh the rest of us don't want to lose our jobs and that's just the reality and from generation to generation i don't think that's ever changed has there ever been anyone who's had you know the injury situation and been able to do what he wants, like Mario Lemieux. And I, I'm not saying he shouldn't have, but didn't he for a while not play road games? Like he had the bad back, and he was like, yeah, "I'm just going to play oh, for a uh, while." Ab- absolutely, absolutely. They they would pick and choose his his schedule. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's when you put yourself in that position. And Matthews has 
coming off his injury and it's your call. That's the sense I get that it's your call. Yeah. You do you want to try it at 98%, 99 and and I'm sure he's had the reassurance of doctors and the medical staff and the uh um the trainers to say that we think it's healed and we think if there's a little bit of soreness then that's okay. It will alleviate. It will be as good as new. But if you're not feeling comfortable, don't play. I think that's what's happened with Austin Matthews. Yeah, God, I know. And not to compare myself to Austin Matthews, because that's even farther fetched. But I, I had shattered my jaw once and had my team say, you know, okay, it's been X long. Like, will you put on a full bubble and come back out and play? You know, we think he could, I couldn't eat an apple at the time. Literally couldn't take a bite of an apple. I was worried the whole thing was going to crumble on me. And they're like, ah, you can do it. It's, uh, I appreciate giving these guys all the time they need if, uh, if they're not quite ready. All right, two games on tap. We teed up Seattle and Vegas uh, with John Forslund. We also got Tampa Bay and Pitt. Okay, guys, tell me what happens tonight. You know, Tampa are we going to see the win. start? Squid's yeah. big win. Squid's big win. I, yeah. you know, I, I saw the gambling line on this one. Uh, I'm taking Tampa, or sorry, um, Vegas minus a goal and a half tonight. I just think the squids in Vegas against a good team missing a bunch of guys. Everyone's excited about Seattle, but like, I think they're in for a reality check tonight. Yeah. I'll take Vegas. I'll take Vegas by three goals. I think, I think Vegas, (laughs) I think Vegas uh, beat Seattle uh, convincingly. And I just, if, if, if I think that, Pitt may miss the playoffs. I I cannot I cannot pick Pitt tonight. Not without uh, Gino and Sid Crosby. Could be a, a a tough tough start to the season for. They need Tristan Jari Ryan to Burke. not be 2019-20 Tristan Jari. They need a whole new or sorry uh, 2021. They need a new one this season. I did read an interesting stat of the record of Pittsburgh since what 2006 without. Gino and Sid in the lineup at the same time. Did you guys see that record? No. 31, 15, and 6 without Sid and Gino oh, in the wow. lineup since 2006. That squashes me, by the way, eh? Wow. For Pittsburgh sucking. Yeah, no complaining about no Matthews or uh, Marner for a no. night or two, boys. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, if, uh, if Ma- Marner can't go tomorrow night, Leafs will be just fine based on that record. All right. Good show today, guys. A lot of fun. Our thanks no, to Sheldon thanks. Keefe, Mike Kelly, and John Forsland. This has been Real Kipper and Born. <laughs>